Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today I'd like to welcome my guest, Kristin Burris. Would you like to explain and tell us exactly who you are and what you do? I would be more than happy to do that. It's it's a bit of an explanation. It's a mouthful for sure. Um, I'm Kristen Burris. I am a licensed acupuncturist and a master herbalist in master herbalist in traditional oriental medicine here in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, what is your practice? What do you do? Obviously, you said acupuncture and herbs. So yes. I I get yes. that. But yes, I also, uh, you know, we have telemedicine here um, in the United States. My husband and I practice together at Eagle Acupuncture, um, but our telemedicine, I, I help people with complicated medical mysteries, pain management, and really I'm known for the most complex infertility cases in the United States. So I address women's health, pain management, um, chronic diseases, autoimmune diseases, and pain management. Mm-hmm. So when a patient comes to you with a very complex condition that has been poorly diagnosed, where do you start? How do you find the root cause of their issues? It's a really great question. And a lot of what we do is actually behind the scenes that our patients don't even quite see us doing um, prior to their appointment, researching, depending on the complexity of their case. Um, And then, of course, in front of them, whether it's through um, telemedicine or in person, um, we are incredibly thorough from we really have training where we're able to use what we call integrative medicine, where we are able to look at their body um, from a Chinese medical perspective. So we're using patterns that were established literally thousands of years ago. And we're very investigative, uh, even if it's something like a pain syndrome, uh, we will be asking them about all systems, you know, their, their GI tract, their, their digestive health, their emotional health, their, um, you know, it often seems as though we're being very nosy about things that they don't feel pertain to their medical condition that we're inquiring about, or, um, but we look at all those different systems and then piece together these patterns that have been established Um, And some of it, when we talk about it, we do educate our patients and we'll say, I'm about to speak Chinese um, and you won't quite understand what I'm saying, but then we can translate that into some Western science terminology that people, even if they're not educated in science or medicine can understand and relate to what we're piecing together. Um, We also have background in looking at people's labs and being able to establish things like, you know, an inflammatory condition or look at pieces because everybody has a creative process when it comes to medicine, right? That's why we call it a practice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can see holes, like it looks like you haven't been tested for this or this. And, you know, let's discuss with your doctor and maybe encourage them to look at certain things that may have been overlooked, whether it's a stealthy infection underlying their condition or um, a rare blood clotting disorder, or maybe even checking for an autoimmune disease that hasn't even been looked at. Mm -hmm. 
so once you've got all the information and you've looked at all the tests and everything, how do you go about setting out um, a roadmap to get them from where they are when they arrive to get them to their optimal health? Yeah. And it is a roadmap for sure. Um, you know, as I'm sure you're so well aware of being, you know, involved with so many different cases and so many different people's health that it is complicated. And oftentimes um, what I like to do is start with a um, particular problem. Most of our patients may have up to 10 complaints, you know, 10 concerns, health concerns. So we have to prioritize what that is. Is that anovulatory? Are you not ovulating? Is that pain management? Is that low back pain? Is that depression or anxiety? They'll say, well, it's all of it. And then we have to prioritize. The interesting piece though, is even if we prioritize with the patient, what they want to have heal first, their body is going to dictate what heals first. So we can try to heal certain areas first, but sometimes their mood will lift sooner than let's say their their chronic pain or their bowels will regulate they'll stop having you know blood or pus in their bowels with Crohn's or irritable bowel um, you know before their fatigue debates so um, we look at oftentimes depending on the severity of the syndrome or the disease process how long they've had it um, how desperate they feel uh, with the longevity of how long they've been suffering. Um, I like to put together a protocol with herbal medicine and supplements. And then if they're here locally as well, acupuncture. And then if it's a severe case, we're going to touch base within six weeks and analyze how things have changed for them. Um, so um, you know, I really don't like to go longer than that because they're suffering so much. Why, why would I elongate that process? Usually within six weeks, we should have significant improvement. Um, and if not, we're absolutely changing pretty much everything that we're doing. Um, if we do have a 50% improvement, then I would adjust some of the things or reduce dosages or start pulling back on some things and see how the patient does in that way. Um, we also layer this medicine with traditional herbal medicine, which is different than LDN, um, <clears throat> where we address certain aspects of your health. So someone could have what we call a blood stagnation issue, but they also could have phlegm accumulation in the body or a chi deficiency and energy deficiency. And so we have to choose often which, where are we going to start? Are we going to increase their energy because they're just so exhausted? Are we going to move the blood to alleviate the pain? Are we going to dispel the dampness? Usually that could be like an infection or damp heat. So you have to prioritize and then peel away as many people will describe it like an onion, one layer at a time, um, and then change the protocol, what we're doing based on how the patient's body's responding. Mm -hmm. What about diet? You know, that's complicated. And um, when I first started practicing, because in traditional Chinese medicine, we absolutely are trained in many nutritional changes for the patient, um, for things that we can do everything from, um, you know, reducing inflammatory conditions to increasing sperm counts to uh, improving egg quality to, um, you know, relieving irritable bowel syndrome to, you know, all these things. Um, and I used to put a lot of energy into that for every patient. And what I've discovered after practicing for 22 years is there's a small percentage of people who are motivated to change their diet. And so we do that as a separate um, 
uh, option for patients to um, hire us to help them adjust their dietary either restrictions or adding things in um, <clears throat> because you really have to be motivated. You have to be ready and wanting it. And so we are able to adjust. And again, traditional Chinese herbal medicine is different from Western science in that we're not so much looking at like the nutritional value, although we appreciate that. We are looking at the therapeutic value within the foods and we look at temperatures of foods, we look at tastes of foods, because each of those things affect different organs. For instance, sour affects liver, salt, kidney, sweet, spleen. That's not something that you learn in like a Western traditional, you know, dietitian nutritional school. Um, but it's critical. If a patient is freezing cold, you really want to balance them with warming foods and warming herbal medicine and even warming drugs. Even drugs have temperatures um, to get a therapeutic effect for the patient. Mm -hmm. And I know people are very interested in herbs. So if you had to say which would, I know it's all individualized and it depends on each patient and what their condition is, but if you had to pick, you know, six um, of the most common herbs that you use for people, what would they be? Okay, I love this question, Linda. So I'm very passionate about this and I appreciate you recognize that it is so individualized. And so um, one of the things that is particularly special about traditional Chinese herbal medicine is not only the longevity that we've had this medicine, but the complexity of the medicine. And so in our practice, um, other than Huang Qi, which is one, uh, we really adamantly never, ever prescribe one herb at a time. Uh, we really believe in the synergy of the ingredients and balancing of what we call formulas or prescriptions for the patient's condition. So some of our formulas will have four herbs, some of them will have 24, um, based on the pattern of what we see happening in the patient. So um, the reason that this, our medicine is balanced in that way, it's very sophisticated. And you want to use herbal medicine in a way that doesn't cause side effects and doesn't cause the opposite pattern to occur in an extreme fashion. So that's where we go into yin and yang, that balance. So it's very important, for instance, if you're moving blood and the patient is cold, you also must warm the internal environment in order to move that blood. Whereas if the patient has excessive heat in their body, um, inflammatory conditions, red face, high blood pressure, we get into all these different patterns, you must cool the blood in order to stop the bleeding. So it's really a sophisticated way where we balance the herbs. I often will take it, that description down and describe that as the cookie ingredients. So if you were to come to my home and I were to offer you a dessert and I gave you a tablespoon of sugar in your mouth, it's not really that pleasant. It's too sweet. It's not really a dessert. Uh, it, you don't really enjoy it and it, you might even want to spit it out. So that's an extreme flavor, not balanced. Whereas if I took that sugar and I balanced it with almond flour and some baking soda and some salt and some chocolate chips and some oats, um, now we've got bitter with sweet, with warm, with all mixed together. And the balance and the harmony of that is a delicious cookie. 
So that's the sophistication of traditional Chinese herbal medicine that is very um, able to create synergy and harmony and health within the patient. Before so, I was diagnosed with MS, sorry to interrupt yes. you. No, no. I saw a Chinese herbalist who did acupuncture as well. And he had um he had his consulting room and then he had what i i guess would be like a dispensary he had mm -hmm. jars and bottles yes. of yes. all these dried herbs oh yeah so he would have a bowl and he would take a bit of this and a bit of that and mix it all up and i had to put it in a um saucepan with however much water and bring it to the boil simmer it and then drain it and keep it in oh, the yes. fridge and drink. And it was so difficult to drink. Yes. You, you yes. can put honey with it, I, I believe. But I can remember going, well, this is just oh, awful. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Is that what you still do or is it different now? So I will, I, I your questions are just so fabulous, Linda. So, um, when I was in Chinese medical school, it was my husband and I both, it was one of our favorite aspects of treating patients within the clinic at our, um, at our college. And it, that is what you call a raw herbal pharmacy. And it is incredible. I mean, you walk in that pungent smell, you can see the different herbs and colors and tastes. And one of the reasons that they would do that at our, our um, for our training is to really grasp what you're prescribing to really understand the essence. You can smell if something's bitter, you can taste if it's bitter, you can see if it's sweet, you can you really get the essence of you know, what 15 grams looks like in one herb as opposed to another due to the density and the heaviness. And um, it really gets you in touch with the medicine on a deeper level. And we too would prescribe those for our patients you know, 25 years ago and make them boil it up in a clay pot and it made their whole house stink. Uh, you know, I, and if you weren't raised with this medicine, it really was a, a stretch. And I was so proud of these patients because they would do it. You know, it was really, I've done it and it's intense and it's, you know, garden mud sludge that you would have to mm, choke exactly. down and, mm. oh, it was desperate. So no, we have many different forms now. We have granules, which is um, probably the closest that you would get to a raw herbal farm. So it's powdered form. You mix it in warm water and you chug it down. And I forewarn my patients and I give them options. I'm like, we can do this approach, but I am going to forewarn you. It tastes like, you know, bitter garden dirt. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to be motivated, but you won't have to take so many pills. That's another thing with the Chinese herbal medicine. It's incredibly sophisticated and balanced and safe, yet you have to take quite a few pills in order to have a therapeutic effect throughout the day. So they have to weigh, are they okay with swallowing pills or would they rather swallow you know, this liquid garden dirt, but they just have to mix it in warm water. Another option is liquid tinctures. Um, and then a third option is pill form. So I would say the majority of my patients near and far anywhere throughout the United States are taking consuming pill form. They'd rather just do a handful of pills. I often prescribe twice a day, not three times a day because that third dose is challenging to get in the midday. 
um, people forget or it's hard with work or so on and so forth. And so it's much easier. Compliance is much higher. So that's how we address that in the United States because we were not raised with this medicine and it's we're not familiar with those flavors and that taste. So if you had the crystals, would it be once a day or would that still be? I really prefer twice a day. I really do because uh, if a patient cannot be compliant, we can try once a day and see how they they do. But it's not time released in the way a drug and a capsule may be. So you want to have it in your body as frequently as you can, you know, so that you can create that harmony and that balance and then heal from. Does it get into your system quicker? I think it does. I think, you know, you just don't have to break down the capsule and your digestive tract. So, you know, if we're looking at someone who has compromised um, digestive problems with SIBO or, um, or reflux, or they just know that they don't absorb things well, we really do encourage using the granules in the liquid form if they're willing to. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. sorry, I interrupted you earlier. No, that's okay. I'm not sure. That's all right. I'm not sure where <laughs> I was going. With... Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... With your acupuncture, yes. explain more about that for people who can travel to you. In what way, Linda? What would you like to know? There's so much to share. Yes. Just if somebody doesn't know anything about acupuncture, if you yeah. could just give us an, an overview. Oh, you know, it's so, this overview, I, I probably almost every new patient, the question we get or I get is, how does this work? And I love it. I mean, I remember being there 30 years ago when I first was introduced to this medicine because I was very skeptical that it would help me. Um, and I, I often preface it with my patient saying, it's not that I won't answer your question. It's just that imagine you're asking your doctor, you go in and you say, in a brief summary, in one to three lines, describe to me, how does Western medicine work? And they just, I mean, they would go, wow, I see a patient, they tell me their problem, I prescribe a drug, or I give them a surgery. I mean, it's very difficult to break down a whole system of medicine in a few sentences. Mm -hmm. Then we're also challenged in our world that we don't understand the language of Jing, Qi, Sound Zhao, these terms don't translate well into our American language, our English language. And so trying to break that down and say, well, we have these 12 meridians and you put in an acupuncture needle and it has a therapeutic effect, you know, eyes roll back. They don't know what, what's a meridian, right? But, so, mm. it, But very basically. Very okay. basic is, when, you know. When they, I mean, I've had needles around my eyes and things. Yes. And some people... Are petrified of needles as oh, am yes. I but oh yes the needles are very very fine and when they go in you you don't feel um it's not like having an injection or anything no. like that the needle just goes in and you you're hardly aware of it yes. going in the skin yes um, it's unfortunate you, that we have to call them needles because yes. we all have an aversion to needles 
Um, what I tell my patients is I'm, I have incredibly gentle needle technique. Uh, my style is more Japanese than Chinese. Um, and we use the most expensive and refined needles there are on the market, which makes a difference. Um, and most of my patients fall asleep during their treatment. And most patients start out terrified of the concept of even trying acupuncture. We also let them know that we can needle a baby and a baby doesn't cry and babies cry over everything. So it's incredibly relaxing. The, the, the briefest of explanations is acupuncture can modulate the neuroendocrine immune network and also can release endorphins and enkelfins in the body for pain relief. I mean, that that's one of many. We also can prove through different, you know, blood serum or MRIs from a scientific perspective that we can tap into the hypothalamus pituitary ovarian access. We also can prove that we can reduce the inflammatory and cytokine storm in the body. We're starting to be able to use scientific language to describe how acupuncture works. Um, they've even done beautiful studies where they put people into an MRI and they'll stimulate a point down on their foot that's for eye disease and like the visual cortex will light up in their brain. So we're starting to be able to describe it from a Western perspective so people can say, oh, that makes sense. You give me acupuncture and I have more, you know, happy hormones throughout my body. And they say, okay, I get that. And the earth medicine is the gut brain connection, immune connection, the hormone connection that we're all talking about these days. We're like, well, we've known about that for 2000 years, but I'm glad we're getting to promote that out into the world now. Um, you know, again, when we start to describe, well, there's either stagnation in a meridian or there's chi deficiency, we lose our, our, our English speaking population. We just don't have a good translation for that. So the mastery is we understand it. So we understand whether you've got blood stasis or a yin deficiency or a yang excess or a combination of all of them or damp, damp heat. You know, there's so many different patterns. That's our expertise and that's our job. And the patient's job is just to lie down and relax. Mm -hmm. Do you use cups? Um, the Chinese doctor I saw would put in, in my back, he'd put several needles and then he'd get a like a glass dome I guess and he would burn the oxygen out and then stick it over the needle so it would pull um I can't tell you exactly he must have explained to me what he was doing yes so I was that's relaxing just, <laughs> yeah that's just called cupping and okay. so it's very simple and used um often to alleviate um as I mentioned before, blood stasis, stagnation, you, you typically want to use it in excess conditions on the patient. Um, and so you're, you're right, you just take a flame and you, you know, suck out all the oxygen and quickly put it on the body. And I mean, the best way to describe it is maybe like a little bit of a reverse massage, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, some people absolutely love that sensation. It brings them immense relief many people will see those perfect little circles down the back and they'll the rise of sha what we call sha is that purple or reddish um coloring will come up and it looks like a bruise but there was no impact there was no contusion so it's it's an interesting phenomenon typically the more severe what we call the blood stasis or the stagnation the more dramatic that coloring that discoloration will be and it will last longer 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yes. yes. Okay. So we have a few minutes left. What else would you like to tell us? Well, I, you know, I, one of the things I am so grateful for really is the, you and your trust, the trust and the expansion and education of LDN. I feel that um, it's one of those drugs that really um, is almost in a, in a, how can I say this? The mechanisms in which acupuncture have been proven to work are very similar to the mechanisms that they are discovering in low-dose naltrexone and how it works. And I find that really fascinating in terms of the immunomodulating and the inflammatory modulating aspects. And it, it's, I've never seen or read uh, a, about any other drug that mimics and uh, behaves in the body in such a similar fashion. And so I find that patients who respond very well to acupuncture um, and it's been life-changing for them. Patients with MS, Crohn's, irritable bowel, infertility, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, they respond incredibly well to low-dose naltrexone. Um, it's not a drug I can prescribe or recommend even in this country. However, I can educate my patients to go to the trust, research, read your book, um, ask their physician, um, really enlighten them about the possibilities. Um, I, even patients who are attempting to fight cancers, um, that tends to be a more touchy um, subject, at least in the United States. I don't know if that's true in the UK, where <clears throat> we need to be able to describe how we help patients who have cancer in the United States in a way that doesn't sound curative, like it's not a cure, mm -hmm. um, but we absolutely can improve the quality of their life. And, um, and even through labs and, um, and other methods like MRIs prove like the reduction in size of tumors or even project the possibility of living longer. Um, anyways, you have to be rather careful with your language and how you mm -hmm. describe what your expectations are, but it just has been fascinating to me to see the brilliance of a drug that is so safe, so, so well tolerated, um, and really has such a wide scope of helping very difficult diseases. So the people who are watching or listening, because it goes as a video and as audio. If people are on LDM, but they would like to consult with you for the Chinese herbal side of it. Yes. You you do the whole of the US. Is that correct? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. So yes. would you like to give people your website address so they can go oh, and sure. find you? Yes, I actually have two. Um, one is called Eagle Acupuncture. So that's like the bird, E-A-G-L-E. -E. And then acupuncture, many people misspell. So it's A-C-U-P-U-N-C-T-U-R-E.com. And that is for patients who have medical mysteries, myalgic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue, Crohn's, depression, anxiety, rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune conditions, you can go on the website, you can see the multitude of things that we treat, pain syndromes. Um, we take the most difficult um, infertility cases for male and female, as I had described before. 
For those patients and those who also sadly have had habitual miscarriage, we direct them to our site that is www.yourinfertilityspecialist.com. And it's a little different. So that's Y-O-U-R, infertility, I-N-E, sorry, <laughs> I-N-F-E-R-T-I, oh my gosh, really? Infertility. <laughs> I-N-F-E-R-T-I-L-I-T-Y, specialist, S-P-E-C-L-I-A-S-T, wow.com. I've even eaten today. Um, so those where are two are, different sites. Mm -hmm. And where are you based? I'm based in Idaho. Um, practiced half my career in San Diego, California, and now we're right outside of the capital of Idaho called Boise. So we're in, we're in Eagle, hence eagleacupuncture.com. Well, it was such a pleasure talking to you and thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all the work you do for so many people throughout the world. We really appreciate all of your hard work and effort. It's it, does not go unnoticed, so thank you. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.